We are here to talk about a great Rose Bowl, a college football playoff semifinal. Michigan beats Alabama in overtime, 27 to 20. Trying to turn down my sound on the game, man. It just ended. Bill <laughs> Lay, uh, Bill Lay Maurice. Bill Landis hits him. I'm Doug Lay Maurice. Bill, the the four-team college football playoff started with a Big Ten team beating Alabama in a semifinal in a classic game. The Four-team playoff era is now ending with a Big Ten team beating Alabama in a classic semifinal. I feel like there is a loop. There is some closure. There is something that we learned about Michigan and Big Ten football with its victory by the Wolverines. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a there's a measure of uh, resiliency maybe with Big Ten football. like And, and uh, this Michigan team in particular, I think, because there was like – I don't know, 15 different ways this thing almost got away from them and they still found a way to win the game. But but also, too, like, you know, Alabama's got tremendous athletes, and I think a lot of people thought that that was going to be the difference in this game. And not once during this game that I feel like Michigan was really being out-athleted by, by Alabama either. So it looked like two evenly matched teams. And I know people give Michigan a lot of flack for the way that it recruits and, and the fact that it doesn't recruit on the same level as the teams that routinely play for national championships. But, on um, you know, tonight that didn't matter. And tonight Michigan looked like uh, a, a team that is certainly capable of winning a national championship. And I thought in this game on that field, there wasn't anything that Alabama had that Michigan didn't have. There wasn't anything that Alabama did that Michigan didn't have an answer for. You saw the pressure with blitzes, with defensive tackles and defensive ends, causing five sacks in the first half. Um, it didn't feel like Alabama had a ton of they, – they, really they didn't have more explosive playmakers than Michigan had. Neither of these teams really has a bevy of explosive playmakers. But I think a lot of times, Bill, it's that the athleticism up front – I think we talk about the, the athleticism and size and footwork of like defensive tackles a lot. That's been, I think, a defining difference between SEC football and Northern College football. And especially in the first half, the way Michigan got after Alabama – the athletes that Michigan had absolutely were making a difference in a way that I don't think we've always seen Big Ten teams able to do that. Yeah, I mean, just think of the last time Michigan played an SEC team in the playoff, right? The difference was the trenches. Georgia just destroyed them on both sides of the ball. And, you know, like this Alabama team is not quite built the same way, um, but certainly it, it has had good trench play, especially defensive line play um, coming into this game. And I guess there was a world where that was going to be the difference. I don't, I don't know that I felt that way. It was... I picked Alabama to win because I thought that like Jalen Milrow might make a couple more splash plays than he did, but um, I wasn't picking Alabama to beat Michigan because because of some notion that Michigan wasn't up to the battle up front against this Alabama team. I think there was a, there was a lot of reason, even with Michigan missing missing its best offensive lineman um, and Zach Zinter, there was a lot of reason to believe that Michigan could hold its own in the trenches in this game, and it certainly did. Do you think about what this Michigan program has been? I think this is right. The last 20 years, they have three bowl wins before this. Three and 13 in 20 years of bowls. Obviously, the wins over Ohio State the last three seasons are program changing for Michigan, but they had to make a step like this. They had mm-hmm. to get over a hump like this. They talked in the offseason. They don't only have Ohio State periods in practice. They started a Georgia period. Well, Bama took care of Georgia, so transitive property. They build up to this, and the idea to me that Michigan, first time in the playoff, they can't compete. They can't compete. They're not. They they're, they played Georgia two years ago, and I think there are 10 things you could have pointed out. Georgia has this. Michigan doesn't. Last year, they blow it. 
They just they they shoot themselves in the foot. They have a little bit of bad luck, but they turn the ball over against an inferior team and they throw away an opportunity to make the national championship game. And they were they were in a spot to lose in a different way in year three here that they dominate the first half, but they should have had a bigger lead. They don't. Alabama makes better halftime adjustments than Michigan does. Alabama takes the lead. Michigan, I think, had 44 yards of offense in the second half, Bill, before that final game-tying touchdown drive. That drive, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's in the history books. To even give themselves a chance, if they had not, if they had just not made that initial fourth down on the game-tying touchdown drive at the end, you would have looked at this run of Michigan football and said, wow, this is some great football, controversial football in some ways, for sure, for sure. But you would have said, like, for what? Like, it didn't, it, they didn't get over the top. What a drive to march 75 yards to tie this game. Yeah. And like, nothing, nothing super spectacular, I guess, like outside of the, the Roman Wilson catch, which was, which was kind of crazy. But like, it was a, it was kind of a coverage bust by Alabama on the fourth down play to Blake Corum. Um, but something that I think Michigan had kind of snuffed out earlier in the game on Blake Corum's touchdown. Yeah. Um, they, Alabama just, had a hard time figuring out how to cover the running back, and it was egregious on that play. He was wide open and then ran for, I don't know what it was, 30 yards after the catcher. So um, I, I was glad they ran J.J. on that drive. I, I thought it was going to take at least one designed run from J.J. McCarthy on that drive to kind of get Michigan going a little bit, and they, they did run run him there for, I think it was a first down. Probably should have been a penalty for a late hit after the play that wasn't called. And then just an incredible play from Roman Wilson to elevate on another pass that was tipped. From JJ McCarthy, like I, I actually don't know how that ball kept spiraling and like I know. rising after it got tipped. Um, but it was almost a one-handed grab from Roman Wilson to get them down um, in the scoring position. And yeah, it's not like it wasn't. You know, JJ McCarthy didn't put the team on his back and lead him down for a touchdown. I, I don't know that anybody did, but it was kind of a collective effort there to to put a drive together when really it had had been really difficult for Michigan to do so. Kind of after its first touchdown first touchdown drive of, of the game, or I guess the second touchdown drive of the game. There were just a lot of three and outs in there for, for Michigan, and they finally um, put one together there at the opportune time. We know we have a lot of Ohio State fans who are joining us here live on YouTube who are re- re-listening to this back on our podcast feed or re-watching on YouTube. There is a Big Ten Northern Football Ohio State point with Michigan that I want to hammer before we get out of here. But I did think as this second half was unfolding and you thought to yourself, there is nothing athletically where Michigan can't match what Alabama does. Mm-hmm. And then I thought Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan staff is going to get out coached here in the second half. And that's, what's going to do this in that Alabama figured some things out with what they couldn't do offensively. They got some more effective things going with Jalen Milrow in the run game. And then they were shutting Michigan down. And then again, because this whole thing is Bama's boomer bust. We talked about Jalen Milrow coming into the game. A third of his plays are sack scrambles or big time throws. Mm -hmm. A couple scrambles today, not a ton of big time throws took six sacks. So we knew what Jalen Milrow was going to be. And then Michigan has to execute, execute, execute. And they hit a huge lull, man. But again, I, I think credit across the board, the execution on the final drive, the execution in overtime, the execution in overtime is not close. Michigan by far out executes that Alabama final play. They're going to be talking about that in Tuscaloosa for a year. How is that your season ending play? It looks like Jalen Milrow just dove into the pile from four yards in front of the line yeah. of scrimmage. But the fact that in the end, Mich- Michigan executed, 
right? It wasn't a big necessary. It was two great runs and then playing defense. That was what got Michigan here to begin with. And I so so for Michigan to end that way, I thought was was appropriate, but also incredibly necessary because they weren't. They tried a couple trick plays, right? Mm-hmm. One worked, one worked, but almost was a was a terrible disaster. And then one didn't work. The flea flicker that almost, you know, the guy was open. They didn't get it executed. I think the fact that Michigan won the game by, in the end, doing the things that Michigan did all year was, I think, important for that program. But I, I wasn't sure they'd be able to do it, and they were. Yeah, I guess it's good. It's a good thing. I mean, now that they have another game to play, right, that they can sort of know that if they just stay within themselves, ultimately they can they can win a game. But, yeah, for for a stretch, it was almost the opposite of that. It was almost like the, the, the lack of execution in key areas was going to cost Michigan a win here. Like, I, I mean – Michigan won, and all you got to do is win by one point in the playoff. The way this game played out, like Michigan probably should have won this game by like two touchdowns. You know, they they put Alabama on a short field with a special teams blunder. They missed a field goal. Um, I thought JJ McCarthy missed a couple of easy throws that could have extended drives, and who knows what those turned into. But like to not have that totally, totally snowball on you, and for Michigan to find a way to score that last touchdown, and then just like you know look like Michigan on its one overtime drive and just kind of run it down Alabama's throat, I, I think is is a good sign for them as, as they move forward um, and probably something that's a little confidence boosting for them, no matter who they end up playing in the national championship. Yeah. So we, we know there are people in here reminding everybody of this is one of the things. Do people need, do we not, do we forget about the Michigan Connors? It's not people didn't forget who Connor Stallions is. That wasn't a huge part of this Michigan season. Jim Harbaugh was suspended for the th- last three mm-hmm. games of the regular season. They won those three games without him. They won the Big Ten championship game with him. They just beat Alabama on the field in a way where they didn't steal Alabama's signs because everybody found out about the stuff and like shut that down. So, yeah, there might be more coming with that. There might be more coming with that. But that's not why they beat Alabama on this night. So we will acknowledge it. Of course it needs to be acknowledged. And if yeah. you're thinking you're coming in here, oh, you guys overlook it. What, did you listen to anything we said for a month? So, like, Yes, of course. Of course. They were punished for it. I thought appropriately. Some people thought it was too harsh. Some people thought it wasn't harsh enough. I thought actually it was a very appropriate in-season punishment. And now they just beat Alabama in overtime in the Rose Bowl. And I want to make this point that pulls in the whole Big Ten. I asked you this question on one of the shows this week as we previewed this. I said, were the two best teams in the SEC, Alabama and Georgia, any better than the two best teams in the Big Ten? Michigan and Ohio State. And, and I think we pretty much agreed, Bill, right, that we didn't think so, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, what – what? and I want to make a Georgia point too. Dog mentality. We're going to talk about dog mentality on a night when the SEC is out. Because there's going to be some SEC excuse-making. Get ready. Oh, they should just call January 2nd SEC excuse-making day. The dog mentality that is going to rear its head on Tuesday will blow your mind. And then we're going to get another dose of it in a week when Michigan plays either Washington or Texas and all the SEC apologists are going to be Georgian and you will dog mentality. Oh, my. I think the top of the Big Ten and the top of Northern football is as good as the top of the SEC and the top of Southern football. Right now, and I don't see anything going forward that would make us think that can't stay that way. Do you think that's true? I mean, I yeah, I, I think so. Like it's, it's. I think Georgia will maybe find a, a higher gear than it had this year, and that's something you have to worry about. 
and maybe Alabama can find more reliable quarterback play. But aside from that, like I, even even if that happens, like I don't I don't think that creates a, an over uh, or a gulf that the that the Northern football couldn't overcome. Um, so yeah, I think I'm with like if you factor in Oregon and Washington now into this conversation, um, yeah, I think I'm there. I would I would I would say that the North is well positioned. Yeah, and and I think it took us a long time to get back to this point. The sport changed in 2006. Ohio State and Michigan were the two best teams in the country. They play a 1-2 game. Ohio State wins. They go. They lose to Florida in the national championship game, and that is the rise of the SEC. That is the rise of Southern football, and we are nearly two decades into that, right? And much of what we had seen, right, even not to take anything away from it, but Alabama, Blake Sims, the quarterback for Alabama in 2014, is just not even close, right? It's a little bit like Jalen Milrow. This is not the best quarterback that Alabama has played but every year every season is different like that Ohio State win over Alabama was not really the beginning of something it was a little bit more of a one-off right it's like a blip mm-hmm. for the SEC and now we see that or Southern football Clemson rises up and then LSU rises up and now Georgia has risen up but I think Northern football at the top maybe like old Miss beating Penn State you can't take too much from bowl season anymore you can't overreact to it but I maybe do think like the fourth and fifth best teams in the South are better than the fourth and fifth best teams in the North, right? You got to be careful again, but Oregon and Washington are our Northern teams are going to be in the big 10. I think we are back to a place where there is nothing that the North and the big 10 should be afraid of when the best teams up here play the best teams from down there. And I count Georgia in that because a year ago, Ohio State's a missed field goal away from beating like a full throttle Georgia team. That's mm-hmm. not an excuse. Oh, we lost a bunch of guys, Georgia team. So two straight years, what do we get? We get the SEC wins on a missed field goal, and we get the Big Ten wins in overtime. These last two games on this stage, the North and the South, the Big Ten and the SEC played to a draw. Either of these games could have gone the opposite way. We could have been talking about Ohio State last year and Alabama this year. And there's no SEC excuses in there. I don't want to hear any dog mentality. I don't want to hear anything. You didn't put your best team forward. This is your champ that maybe shouldn't even be here. This is the champ you gave the world. Don't give me excuses. Well, you know, Georgia, I can't believe Georgia. They did. They lost. This is not the first time that a defending national champ lost a game it couldn't lose and didn't get in the playoff. But I don't think did we Buckeye mentality the world up in the north in 2015 when Alabama and Clemson are playing the national title game, well, you know, Ohio State hadn't lost to Michigan State. I can't believe that. Ha- right? It happens. Win your game, Georgia. You're not here. And I don't care if you won by 60 against a Florida State team that didn't have its 15 best players. So when you get dog mentality on Tuesday, don't allow it. It's fraudulent. This is the champ the SEC put forward. And the Big Ten champ beat them. And I think it's back. I think going into the 12-team playoff, if there is a, a preseason betting line, that's if there's a book out there that wants to book North versus South national champion next year, why would that not be even money on both sides? Or if you want to book Big Ten champ or SEC champ, why would you favor the SEC over the Big Ten champ when the Big Ten's adding Washington and USC and Oregon? I don't see a difference anymore. And I've been doing this since 2005, and most of the time, you can see a difference. I don't see a difference. I didn't see a difference tonight. Michigan absolutely was right there, step for step, in every single way with the SEC champ. And this is where we are in this sport right now, which is why this show exists. 
I'm just letting you cook, man. I'm, good. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm preemptively angry about dog mentality because I saw it. Well, you know, the world's lucky that Georgia lost. All these four teams have a chance just because Georgia lost. Yeah, because Georgia lost. So suck it up, SEC. You're done. Credit for all your titles. I get it. There have been two Northern titles in the last 25 years. I get it. Ohio State no two. Ohio State in 14. In fact, we had a split national title with Nebraska and Michigan in 1997. I get that. It's new, but it's here. So no dog mentality about this. So I thought, I and this was not, like, is it what game was this from Michigan? Special teams, blunders. J.J. Mm. McCarthy missed some throws. But I do think on both sides, there were times tonight, were there times when you were watching this thinking, man, both these teams are lucky Michael Penix or Bo Nix isn't on the field? Yeah, yeah. I don't, well, I don't. Michigan's defense, I thought, played pretty well. They, Alabama got some stuff going in the run game in the second half, um, kind of bouncing stuff to the outside. But like the biggest thing, thing for me in this game was being able to uh, well limit, and it ended up being eliminate for Michigan, like Alabama's big passing plays. There just weren't really any because yeah. they sacked Jalen Milrow what's five times, right? Four five times in the first half, one in the five second. in the first half, six times total for the game, right? And and it seemed like it spooked Alabama out of doing the thing that it needs to do to be uh, routinely successful in explosive offense. So um, I thought Michigan's defense played like close to its A game. But I don't know if any other and Alabama special teams probably did, but I don't know if any other unit did. And and again, that's because Michigan has enough athletes on the outside that they can handle that, which again mm-hmm. is part of the whole thing. Will Johnson can handle that. Josh Wallace can handle that. Mike Sanders still yeah. can handle that. They they did not get beat. They, they did not get set up in matchups. And by the way, I we had a passing of the torch tonight. I had an absolute passing of the torch moment. Because something happened in the game tonight that happened in reverse on a national stage just a couple years ago. And that was a limping linebacker chasing a fast receiver. (laughs) And we have officially passed the torch from tough Borland chasing Devontae Smith. And we have passed it to uh, Deontay Lawson chasing Tyler Morris. Is that right? On the touchdown, right? The little crossing route. They get get a, a motion that gets a receiver matched up on a linebacker. He was limping. Did you notice that he was limping? He's a limping. He's galloping like he's riding a little stick pony. Yeah, it felt it was it was Borland esque. Yeah, it was yeah, that was an SEC linebacker limping, limping after a fast Big Ten guy. The world is new. The world is new. Um, we can get out of here. We can. Some people are already jumping out. That's right. The game start. Washington, Texas has started. And by the way, I just we understand the Rose Bowl has to go first because of the sunset. It is really it's so appropriate that. We got Big Ten SEC, and now we get – this is like the JV game. This is the yeah. not quite Big Ten, not quite SEC. But the idea, Bill, that a Northern team in 2014 – this would be appropriate, too, in 2014, Ohio State beats Alabama. You get a North-North National Championship game with Ohio State against Oregon. If we get Michigan-Washington here, but even if we don't and we get Michigan-Texas, the idea that a Northern team will have a chance to win the National Championship here – how, are you surprised by that? What do you think it means for where the sport is right now? No, I'm not not surprised by it. By the way that the way the season played out, it, it felt like all year we were trending toward a team having an opportunity from the north having an opportunity to do it, whether it was Michigan or Oregon, Washington, or maybe Ohio State. If some things broke their way during the regular season, there I thought there were four viable teams there, and really from the south, it felt like there were at times none. Um, and then you know later in the year, maybe like Georgia, Alabama, and and, and Texas kind of rose above the fray. So no, not not surprised we're here. Um, we'll like where what it means moving forward. Like I, I agree with a lot of what you said. You know, r- roster building is roster building, and we talked about it around National Signing Day. Like it's different down in the South than it is in the North. So 
like this isn't necessarily an Ohio State issue and Oregon's recruiting really well, but like you want to see a Michigan and a Washington build off of this in a way that makes them long-term sustainable, not just kind of one-offs where they get an opportunity to play for a title. Washington's about to roll Texas, by the way. Just get everybody get ready for that. Washington's going to steamroll Texas in this game. And that's and, the kind and, of dog mentality we're okay with. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That's a husky dog mentality, yeah. not a bulldog mentality. So I, I do think um, one thing that we had always seen in the North is that Ohio State was the one program that could take Northern football out into the world. And mm-hmm. a lot of what else we, everything else we saw with Northern football was like, well, it works here, but how does it work out there? That'd been the whole thing for Michigan coming into this season. Yeah. I think we are again on the cusp of what Michigan does just traveled. I think what Washington does is about to show up against Texas. I think what Oregon does can show up against the rest of college football. And if a couple other Big Ten schools get in line, I think that's important too. And I I know Ohio State fans don't want to think about this and they don't want to hear this, but there is a part of this that when Ohio State is losing to Michigan and then Michigan is going out and getting steamrolled up by Georgia, it's like, okay, what is it? Now, Michigan might win the national championship. It doesn't doesn't make the Ohio State loss to Michigan feel any better for Ohio State fans, Bill. But it is an acknowledgement that, hey, that's a great team. That yeah. team that beat Ohio State the last three years just beat Alabama in the Rose Bowl. And I, and I think – I don't know what that does for fans, but I think as we analyze college football, and we're going to – like if nobody else does it, we're going to do it here. We have to take the 12-team playoffs starting in 2024. We take this approach, this attitude, that everything that happens in the North, the best of the North is as good as the best of the South, and I think that should permeate everything that happens in the regular season. Every time a good Northern team loses to a good Northern team, don't think to yourself, yeah, well, we lost to them, but how good are they really? They're good. They're as good as anybody. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's it's it's been hard, I think, to come around to that. Because and it's not it's not even necessarily because I think it wasn't the reality. I think it's because just the conversation around the sport was so southern centric that it just almost made you feel that way by default. Um, so we're trying to change that. Like and, and I hope that we can like one person you know at, at a time, maybe even even if it takes that. And I get that it's harder for like you know an Ohio State fan maybe who, who's used to their team just being above the rest of of northern football. Um, in a, in a way that's like kind of hard to wrap your mind around like anybody else kind of like carrying the banner for Northern football for, for football if you look at it that way and i'm not saying like ohio state fans need to be doing b1g chance of bowl games now because i actually think that's kind of stupid um but i do think it's okay to acknowledge that teams up here are are playing good football and there's reason to believe that they can do so into the future and, and hold their own against teams like alabama and georgia i got your chant b1g i got your chant K-O-T-N-K-O-T-N-K-O-T-N. So thanks, everybody, for joining us here for our quick little post game. We, we wanted to talk about this because it matters. It matters. So congratulations to Michigan. That's a great win over Alabama. And we're going to come back and do another post game show whenever this Texas-Washington game ends. Win or lose for the Washington Huskies. Dog mentality. But... At least we know for a fact that a that a northern team is going to have a chance to win a national championship, and that has not been um, a regular occurrence in the last 25 years of college football. All right. Thanks to everybody who joined us live here on YouTube. Thanks to everybody listening back on YouTube or on our podcast feed. Tell a friend. Northern football is here, and Kings of the North is the place to talk about it. Thanks to our producer, Mike Yersowski. He's Bill Landis. I'm Doug LaMaurice. We'll catch you guys uh, after the Texas-Washington Sugar Bowl. For now, that was the Rose Bowl postgame on Kings of the North.